This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Good morning and welcome to another morning bulletin from Blood Red. I'm James Martin and today I'm joined by Dave Comerford. And you're joining us in the middle of a three-part series looking at the defence midfield and attack of Liverpool at present. We covered the defence yesterday, be sure to check that out. You can see it on YouTube, on Facebook. Uh, and today we're moving on to the midfield in terms of where we are now, where we may be in the future with transfers. Uh, but Dave, the place to start is is the current midfield. And there's lots of questions in there, particularly surrounding a couple of players with uh, with impending contract situations. We have Naby Keita and Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, both with deals that expire in 2023. How do you see their future panning out? Well, personally, I think that Naby Keita will stay uh, beyond the uh, 2023 expiry. Um, I think his availability has been better this season. I think he's matured as a player as well. Um you know, sort of in a kind of more subtle role, I'd say, um, more kind of Genie Wijnaldum-esque in some ways. Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, I'm not sure. You know, he's been involved quite a lot as well, but I'm not sure there's been the consistency of performance from him that would be seen as meriting a, a contract extension. So if I had to sort of guess how it would pan out, I'd say Cater will probably extend, but I'm not sure we'll see Oxlade-Chamberlain at Liverpool beyond 2023. Yeah, when he came off against uh, Nottingham Forest, he did look like yeah. a frustrated figure, whether he thought that might have been the last chance, who knows. But uh, I suppose some of it depends on the interest in the summer transfer window as well, things like that. Arsenal have been credited with mm. an interest in bringing him back in the past. Um, but we'll see how it pans out. But um, much as much as Kate has kicked on, he probably still doesn't quite make it into that first-choice Liverpool mm. midfield three. If, if Klopp's going for his strongest 11, if indeed you think he has a, a strongest 11 in his mind, who do you reckon he picks in that midfield? Well, for me, it's 100% Fabinho, uh, Henderson, Thiago as the three. You know, I don't think there's any Liverpool fan who would question Fabinho and Thiago being in there. Maybe the one that would cause some debate is, is Henderson's inclusion. But, you know, Klopp picks him for a, a myriad of reasons. The intangible attributes that he has are obviously crucial in that but you know he's also a very good footballer as well and he has to obviously understanding uh, with Salah and Trent on that right hand side which is a crucial part of Liverpool's sort of game plan really so for me I think that's that's the trio you know there's players who can fill in admirably I think Elliot will be aiming to move in on, in that right hand side position um, eventually you know Kate is capable of giving Liverpool a degree of control that, that Thiago does as well. So we do have strong depth options, but for me, I I don't think that there's any doubt that that's the first-choice trio. And say if there was a Champions League final or um, at the Etihad, for example, you know, a huge league game, I think that's definitely the, the three to go with if, if all are available, obviously. Yeah, we had Mo do a piece yesterday, which was interesting, uh, worth checking out. And Henderson's actually made the most appearances out of uh, Liverpool players this season. Obviously, some of them have come from the bench, but Klopp clearly still has that implicit trust in him, um, which potentially goes some way to explaining the the what was at the time the quite controversial renewal in the in the summer. But yeah, he's he's a shaky start to the season potentially, but he's certainly been proving his worth in this kind of 
running period. I think going all the way back to 2013-14, we remember how the, the title charge somewhat collapsed when Henderson got that suspension. And even then, that was when he was more of a peripheral figure. Gerrard was still at the club, and now he's grown, as you say, into, into that captain's role with all of the intangibles that brings. And yeah, of course, bringing lots of footballing ability as well. Um, like you say, though, those youngsters knocking on the door. You mentioned Harvey Elliott. I haven't mentioned Curtis Jones. Do you reckon his future lies in midfield or do you think eventually he'll be staking a claim for one of those front three roles? Well, it's difficult. It really is difficult with Curtis Jones. I think everyone's waiting for him to produce the consistent performances. You know, we've seen, I think back to example, um, the example of the uh, Porto away game in the Champions League group stages, you know, probably his best performance for Liverpool. He was, you know, verging on sort of a 9, 10 out of 10 in that game. Um, and I think everyone looked at that and was hugely encouraged by it. But that's really the the best it's kind of got this season. And he maybe hasn't been able to hit those levels since then. And I think he can be quite a frustrating player as well. Someone who, you know, maybe doesn't make the best decisions, holds on to the ball too long, things like that. So I think... In terms of him, first of all, being a a regular starter and someone who regularly plays games for Liverpool, he does need to develop that consistency. He is still only a young player, obviously, so you know expectations have to be tempered, and we can still be optimistic that he will find that consistency. But at this point, you know he still needs to develop it. In terms of his role, it's an interesting one. I think the fact that. We've signed Luis Diaz and he's, what's he, only only 25, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, he will probably have, once he takes that spot from Mane, whenever that may be, he'll probably have that role tied down for another five, six years, maybe more. So it looks difficult for him to get um, into the team in that left wing role, certainly as the primary choice. So I'd say potentially the left uh, centre mid role is the, more realistic target. And we don't know as well how the system will evolve. You know, there's a potential managerial change coming up in, in the not too distant future. Um, and, you know, teams do change over time. So my hunch would be that he'd be targeting that left centre mid role. But like I say, to to get it and to to nail it down, he will need to develop that, that consistency of performance. Yeah, but it's not a bad uh, supporting cast that Liverpool boast at the moment. We've mentioned Cater there, we've mentioned Elliot and, of course, Jones. But the one gap, I suppose, that leaves in Klopp's squad depth is that defensive midfield role. We mentioned that every Liverpool fan would certainly be sticking Fabinho in there. But the fact is, occasionally he's not available and, you know, sometimes Klopp might want to give him a rest, rotate out. Right now, he can't really do that. Um, I suppose the solution has to line the transfer market, does it? Yeah, it looks that way um, at this point. I think I did wonder earlier in the season if Tyler Morton might be the one who we were looking to to fill what is a gap in the squad, you're right. Um, I think he's someone who at youth level has mostly played as a sort of central midfielder rather than the defensive midfielder, kind of more of an eight than than a six. Uh, But when he was playing for us, he was a lot of the time at, at the base of the midfield. And I was wondering if given the amount of faith Klopp has in him. You know, he started some pretty significant games this season, whether that was the plan uh, for Liverpool um, to use him as the sort of in-house Fabinho successor and backup. I think we're probably, based on what we've seen so far, probably a couple of years away from that being viable, to be honest, in terms of just his the, the level he's at and, and where he's developed to. 
at this point. So I do think we will um, have to look at the transfer market, to be honest. But I think the strange thing is a lot of the midfielders you see is linked with um, probably a more kind of, you wouldn't really use them as a loan number six. So um, whether Liverpool are just keeping it under wraps a bit, I'm not sure, but that that is kind of interesting because like you say, it is, it, it is a, a hole in the squad. There are there's potential for creative solutions there as well. You know, people have talked about Henderson maybe being better there at this stage of his career. If he was to lose that right right centre midfield role, could he be the one who serves that role in the squad? Um, and there's even more left field ideas. Like um, I think Trent played a, a game in midfield for England. Maybe he'd be a good a good number six. But you know, we've seen Liverpool be creative sometimes. You know, things like James Milner going all over the team. Um, but uh, yeah, I do think. It is something that needs to be addressed, and I don't really see at the moment a, a perfect in-house solution. But like I say, maybe Henderson would be the one who could develop into that. Yeah, Klopp was unimpressed with that uh, England experiment, to say the least. Yeah. But I think he did say if you're going to play Trent in midfield, then he'd prefer the six to the eight. So yeah, maybe yeah, it's maybe it's somewhat on his radar. But then the problem we have there is right back is the other position in the squad mm. potentially lacking a bit of depth. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Henderson is possibly the, the one way it could be solved in-house, particularly, as you say, with some of the players Liverpool are being linked to. You've obviously got the marquee names like Jude Bellingham, um, who could potentially have an eye on being the the kind of successor to that Henderson number eight role, which then, as you say, could, could result in him moving backwards, particularly with that new contract we mentioned earlier. Clearly, there's some sort of long-term plan with Henderson. Um but yeah, so I suppose having mentioned Bellingham, that's that's the place to end in terms of like ideal midfield transfer targets for the summer. I'm sure he'll be one of them, but any other names you want to throw out there? Well, 100% Bellingham. I think he's probably my number one dream Liverpool signer at the moment, to be honest, full stop. Not just in, in a midfield sense. Um, whether that deal's realistic or not, I'm not sure. So then you'd probably be looking at more achievable targets in terms of price tag. Um I think is it Schwamani from uh, from Monaco. I'm not quite sure how to pronounce it, but from what I have heard about him, he's um, a really really exciting uh, talent. It looks like really well rounded midfielder, so I'd be delighted to sign him. Um, I know he's on the radar of some huge clubs as, as well as us. And uh, the other one I think would be potentially Gravenberg from from Ajax. Um, Liverpool have shown a willingness to. You know, signing Diaz, and um, we know from this week that they're going after Gakpo from uh, PSV as well. You know, they're clearly willing to shop outside the the big five leagues, and he is someone again who there's a lot of interest in across Europe, and he's got um, he's really well rounded as well. So, and you know, you look at their age profile as well. You, you get midfielders there who can be in your team for for ten years, to be honest, um, given their potential. So. Yeah, those would be the ones. I think if we couldn't get Bellingham, um, they'd be almost the next best thing, the, the bracket kind of down from him, um, while still being, you know, hugely exciting, promising players themselves. Yeah, so plenty of options for Klopp in the current team, plenty of options in the market. It'll be an interesting one to watch over the summer and for the rest of the season. Um, we'll see how things pan out, but the midfield will, like the rest of the squad, play their part in what looks set to be a massive climax to the campaign. Uh, that just about rounds us up for this morning's Morning Bulletin. Thank you very much for watching. We'll be back again tomorrow to look at the attack. In the meantime, be sure to check out all our content on YouTube, on liverpool.com, and we'll see you tomorrow. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.